Father, we just love you and we thank you for this morning. God, we just come before you and we thank you that you are the God of miracles. God, I pray for each person that's in this room. God, whether they need a touch from you, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. God, that our hearts would be open this morning to the God of miracles, to the God of love. God, that we could just let you work in us. God, I pray that, that uh, for us this morning, God, that there would be nothing that would stand in the way, God, of letting you do a work in our heart. God, let not pride get in the way. Um, God, I pray that you would just break down any wall that we may have up. God, that you'd speak to our hearts, that you would work on us this morning. Father, speak to us as we hear your word. God, we love you and we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your love and we thank you mostly for Jesus and we thank you for the cross. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Philip. Thank you, band, for leading us this morning. Um, as always, I want to say a special thanks to Pastor Lee. As uh, Pastor Kenny mentioned, that we need to be praying for his family during this time. It's a tough situation, family situation they're going through. And also be praying for Amy. She's heading back to Africa here pretty soon uh, to do her ministry. So we want to be praying for them. So, but I will tell you that I'm excited to be here with you today, to be with my church family, to share God's word with you. I always consider it a great honor uh, to present God's word to his people. A few weeks back, Ashley and I, uh, we had the opportunity to go on our very first cruise as a married couple. Now, I personally, I've never been on a cruise before. Uh, my wife, she'd been on a cruise before, but I had not. And so I was going around asking people who had been on cruises, and, and I know probably a lot of you have been on, some of you may have not uh, been on one, but I remember going around asking people what to expect, what should I do, what should I bring, what should I wear, and I had all these questions. And uh, as we get to Galveston, and we're getting on this big old ship, I just tell you, I was blown away. When I first saw this ship about how tall it was, I think it was 15, 16 decks high, that's huge. And then it just seemed like the ship was like half a mile long. I mean, it was massive. I was blown away just by looking at it. Well, then as we get inside, I was even more blown away. Uh, as uh, you know, you walk in and if you've been on a cruise boat before, you, I mean, it's just immaculate. Uh, just the architecture, just uh, the colors, just what they put in there. As George uh, Bush would say, <laughs> the beautification of it. And uh, sorry, I just had to put an impression there. So, but I mean, it was beautiful. It was, it was amazing. Uh, and then there's so many things to do on a cruise ship. I was talking to Cody Bissett back in early December during one of our uh, youth fundraisers, and he told me, he said, Nathan, you will never get bored on a cruise ship. You will never get bored. Well, he was right. I never got bored. There were so many things to do. And just what they had to offer. I remember there were Broadway shows. I'm talking about Broadway shows. Uh, Ash and I went to set, go to see Saturday Night Fever, and the music was amazing. Uh, the, 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 the singers, they did a great job. The dancing, the choreography, the acting, it, I mean, it was like being on Broadway. Of course, you know, you're going back and forth like this, and so I don't see how they never fell over. Uh, but then they had shows on ice, ice skating shows. It was amazing. Uh, there were stand-up comedians. There were dance halls. There were live bands. The, the, the cruise orchestra, they were phenomenal. And one of the nights I just sat in the lounge and I just listened to the music for about 45 minutes straight. It was amazing. They had a casino on this ship. I had to pull my wife away from it. Um, 
teasing, teasing. Uh, they had bingo. We, we went and played bingo, and Ashley bought almost $50 worth of bingo stuff, and we didn't win a single thing. And so I'm, I'm still a little jaded about that. We had karaoke, and believe it or not, yours truly sang karaoke, and I got a standing ovation. It was awesome. Hey, well, it was one person that gave me a standing ovation. Uh, and it was a guy, it was just because there wasn't any seats, all the seats were filled and he was standing in the back. But hey, he was still standing up clapping. So, uh, but there were game shows, uh, they had trivia, there, there was an arcade, there was pool halls, there was an outside area, I think like the 13th, 14th deck, where it was nothing but pools. And there was a kiddie pool area and I wanted to jump in the kiddie pool, it, it looked so much fun. Uh, hot tubs, I mean, bars as far as the eye could see, all right? Um, and so there, there was just so many things things to do. Uh, on the back side of the ship, they had this, these huge water slides, and I went down one and got stuck. <laughs> Did? Is that a fat joke? What is that? I mean, I don't know. But anyways, I got stuck. Uh, they had this surfing area called the Flow Rider. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about, like a little makeshift shift sh surfing area, excuse me, and uh, people were falling on it the whole time, so I just went there to watch people fall. It was great, and so that was part of my entertainment. There was a rock climbing wall. There was a basketball court. There was shopping everywhere. I mean, I, the, the cruise boat had everything to offer. And then, of course, there were the ports. Ashley and I, we had the opportunity to go to Cozumel. I've never been to Cozumel. We went to Grand Cayman Islands, never been. Went to Jamaica. Uh, never been to these places. My wife had been to Cozumel before. Cozumel was fun because we got to get on a jeep and uh, we drove around the island and we got to go to one of the really nice secluded beach and it, uh, beaches and it was really nice just getting in the ocean. Uh, we got to uh, tour some sites, some uh, what, what, what is it? the Mayan sites there. Uh, we got to see that the our guy that was our our, our crew, our excuse me, our tour guide for the for Cozumel. He kept on calling Ashley, Ashley Senorita and I was like, dude, are you flirting with my wife? What is going on here? I don't know, but he called me Senor, so. I thought that was pretty cool, but Grand, or excuse me, Cozumel was a lot of fun, ate a lot of good Mexican food as well. Then we went to Grand Cayman Island, and we got to swim with the stingrays. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Grand Cayman and you've done that before, but it's a really neat experience. And I remember as we, we get onto the island and, and they had these jetties come out to get us, or is that what they're called, or these little ships come out to get us and take us to the, to the, to the island, uh, we get on another boat, and it's like we're going all the way back out into the middle of the ocean. And out in the middle of the ocean, there's this sandbar, and it's I mean, three, three and a half feet deep. It's kind of cool. And as we anchor the boat that we're in, and we're with a group of about 20 people, the guy says, all right, get out in the water. So I go jump out in the water, and as I turn around, no one else is jumping in the water. I'm just there by myself, and all of a sudden, about six or seven stingrays start coming at me. I froze up, my stomach started burning, and I, I'm just tense. And these things, I kid you not, they are this wide. They are massive. They're huge. I was terrified, and they came by, and they swam by, touched my leg, and it freaked me out. And the water was real choppy, and I remember the guy saying, don't step on them, because if you step on them, they could possibly sting you. So I thought I was going to die, because, I mean, the water was choppy, and I could not plant my feet right. And so anyways, uh, you know, I finally mustered up the strength, and, and I went and held one of them. We took a picture of it. It was pretty cool. Then we went to Jamaica, and we got to uh, go to this little resort, got to eat some jerk chicken. It was really cool. Uh, Jamaica was pretty special. I don't know, probably something in the air there, but um, <laughs> I'm glad some of you got that joke. But anyways, uh, so, but yeah, we enjoyed the ports. Uh, but then last but not least, 
One of the most amazing things about cruise ships is the food. My goodness, the food. I'm talking about all you can eat any time of the day, any time of the night. I mean, anything you want. Uh, the pizza place was open till 3, 4 a.m. Ashley and I, we, we got up one night around midnight. Let's, let's go get some pizza. So we did. Uh, I mean, buffets, all you can eat. It was crazy. The dining room there was three stories, and I think it, or three decks, and I think it fit about close to about 1,200, 1,300 people. And it was absolutely amazing. And I remember we, you, during the dining hall night or during, your, during dinner, you could order as much as you want that was on the menu. And I remember one night, uh, I ordered three appetizers, three entrees, and two desserts, and I ate it all. <laughs> when the waiter came by, he goes, I'm impressed. And I was like, you should be. And so, but anyways, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But to be honest with you, if I'm going to be truthful this morning, I will tell you, it was a little much. It was really a lot to take in for a first-timer. It, it, it was a lot, there was a lot going on. But I tell you this story today because I believe that this message is going to be the same. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot that we're going to see in Scripture today. And I think today that we're going to leave with just a greater knowledge of who God is and how much He really cares for us, how much He cares for His people. So let's start off in a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word. Lord, I pray that uh, as your word is presented, God, it would not return void, but God, it would go out to the mission that is accomplished to do. God, I pray for hearts and minds this morning. God, I pray that we're radically changed. God, that we would leave here with just a better understanding of who you are. And more importantly, God, that we would just leave with just a greater love for you, a greater love for people, God, that we would share you. God, that we would not be ashamed, that we would be bold in our faith. God, just be with us during this time. May you be glorified, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A little over two years ago, um, I went to go pick up my oldest son, Noah. And y'all pray for my son, Noah. He, we just found out yesterday. He's got the flu. It, it stinks, but I'll be praying for him. But Noah, about two years ago, I was going to the children's building to go pick him up from Little Cats. At this time, uh, Kim Noakes and Natalie Gass were his teachers, and on this specific day, they took a field trip to the Botanical Gardens in Fort Worth. Well, as I'm walking down the children's hallway, I see Kim notes, and Kim's, Kim goes, you are not going to believe what your son said today. So, you know, my eyes get big. I'm like, oh, great. What did he say? I'm going to get in trouble here. And, and, uh, and then I walk in, and, and Natalie goes, your son is crazy. And I'm like, uh-oh, something's going on. Well, apparently, as they are at the Botanical Gardens, one kid just yells out, I'm so hungry that I could die. And my son, without missing a beat, looked at him and goes, well, the second death is the lake of fire. <laughs> I mean, at this time, my five-year-old son's already preaching about hell. I mean, my goodness, what's going on here? But, but I tell you this story about my son because we're going to talk about that subject today. I think it's just a cute little story to kind of get us boosted in. But there are several promises that God has given to the believer, that God has given to those who remain faithful to his people, to the ones that overcome. Today, I believe that we need the encouragement to press on. I believe we need to take hold of that which has already taken hold of us. Sometimes Sometimes we just need a fresh dose of good news to help us persevere because life is tough. Maybe we just need a renewed picture of his love for us today. And you see, God and his never-ending never wisdom, he knows that about us. 
He sees our struggle. You see, God in his great wisdom, he doesn't just give us hope, but he gives us the living hope in Jesus Christ that will always endure. You see that God in his great wisdom, he, he, he sees us that we're surrounded by darkness, so he doesn't just give us a light. No, he gives us the light, Jesus Christ. You see, God in his great wisdom, he doesn't just give us good news for the day, but he gives us good news that results in salvation. And I believe that we need to be reminded of this today. Today in these scriptures, we're going to look at seven amazing yet real promises that God gives to us. This morning, we're going to be in scripture, obviously, but we're not going to be in just some centered theme verses. We're going to be jumping around a little bit. So we're going to be in the book of Revelation this morning. I encourage you to go to the book of Revelation starting in chapter 2. Now, in Revelation 2, we see here that Jesus is actually speaking, and he is speaking to John. So if you know about John, that he was exiled to the island of Patmos. And he's seen the visions here, and God has given him this word to write down. And Jesus is telling John to share these messages with these churches. And at this time, you see these churches, they were living in hard times. They're being tempted to leave the faith. They are being tempted to share false doctrine, to share false teachings. These people, the churches, they were also under heavy persecution, and they were hated because they were trying to uphold the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yet in the midst of all this persecution, yet in the midst of all this hate, there's a message for the church to hold on, to not give up, to hold on. You see, Satan and the world, they hate the truth, yet we are to still hold on. Every day, we are surrounded by darkness, yet we are to still hold on. Yes, we might be heavily persecuted. Some may even die. Some may be in prison, but hold on. Don't shrink back, Christians. Hold on. So why should we hold on? Again, because Jesus has given us real promises to those who hold on, to those who are victorious. So the first promise we're going to see comes from Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. And this is what it says. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Now, if we go back to the book of Genesis, and when we go back to where Adam and Eve, where they had sin, you see this tree of life, it was taken away from them. Matter of fact, the Bible, according to the Bible, it was never seen again. Kind of interesting. The tree of life was given to Adam and Eve, and they were able to eat from it, and it represented eternal life and eternal health. It was a symbol of perfect paradise. But as we know, the result is they ate from the tree of knowledge. Sin came into the world, destroying everything, decaying everything, ruining what was good. So what is this promise saying here? Well, I believe this. I believe that this is saying that you will get to eat from the tree of life. And because of that, there will be no more death because of sin. There will be no more sickness because of sin. Listen, death is the call of this day. Every funeral we've been to, every grave we've stood by, every loved one that we have lost, sadly, death today is our reality. 
But Jesus says, don't lose heart because I will grant you to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. For those who are victorious, there is no more death, no more sickness. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life, that anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, will live again. To those who are victorious, no more death, no more sickness. The second promise we see here comes from Revelation 2, verses 10 and 11. This is what it says. Jesus is speaking to John here. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Now this word that is used here for the crown in the Greek is the word Stephanos. And this is talking about a specific crown. And if you've read through the New Testament, you know there are many crowns that the believer will receive. Now, this is not talking about the crown of glory or the crown of royalty that's mentioned in 1 Peter 5. This is not talking about the crown of righteousness that is mentioned in 2 Timothy 4. It's not the imperishable crown that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9. It's not even the crown of rejoicing that's mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 9. No, this is the crown of life, also known as the finisher's crown. The victor's crown. So here's the call. Just keep going. Keep on serving. Don't give up because there will be a day when our race is over and Jesus will reward you with that victor's crown. And then he says that those who are victorious, they will not be hurt by the second death. This is the lake of fire, the literal place of hell. And this is great news here. For those who are victorious, for those who overcome, just hold on to the truth because hell will not be your eternal dwelling. You will be saved from hell. That's great news. Listen, Catholicism teaches that you won't even know until you die. But Jesus says, listen to my words and you will not be harmed by the second death. That is great news. Praise God for that promise. The third promise comes from Revelation 2. Verse 17, this is what it says, and Jesus again speaking to John, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that is hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Now, this manna that Jesus is speaking about here represents the provision of God. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, you think about the Israelites and how God provided, how God had provision for his people, the Israelites. He gave them the manna bread. Also, you know, there's the quail uh, that's involved in there too. But, but we think about he's given us the manna. So in this case, this is talking about that we will know the blessings that come from having a relationship with Jesus. When it speaks of the manna here, we will understand the blessings of Jesus. And then it says that he will give us a white stone, which there will be a name written on it, and that the only one who knows that name will be the one that receives it. You see this white stone that you will be given? This is your ticket to the banquet table of Jesus Christ. We will get to sit down with Jesus 
And Jesus will gird himself and he will serve us. We will get to talk with him. We will get to ask him questions. I know how many, there's questions in my life that I've written down that I know that I want to ask God. We will get to do that. And it says that on this stone will be given a new name. This is what this means. Jesus knows you. You see, these promises, they're personal. They're real. Jesus knows you, and he has given you a brand new name. I remember as a kid sitting in the congregation, and my dad would be up on stage leading music at the church, and we would sing a song that says, there's a new name that's written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And those white-robed angels tell the story that the sinner has come home. Listen, Jesus will give you a new name. That means that Jesus knows you personally. That's awesome. The fourth promise comes from Revelation 2, verses 26 through 28. Jesus speaking again to John, and he says this. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority that I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Now, I don't know if you can really rank these promises on a scale of one to seven. There's seven of them here. I don't know if you can really rank them, but I got to be honest, this one's probably my favorite. So get ready here, okay? This means, according to this promise, that we will get to rule with Christ. Now, I believe that this is talking about the thousand-year reign with Jesus, but this is what this promise looks like. You see, remember, these are people here that were hated, These are people that are despised. These are people that are persecuted. Think about our lives today. Yes, we are hated for our faith at times. We are persecuted for our faith at times. Yes, maybe not so much here, but in other parts of the world, yes. But think about it. People who are hated, that are despised and persecuted. Jesus says, just wait. You will rule the world with me. That's an amazing promise. And then Jesus says, that I will give them the morning star. The morning star, this word morning star, this is the word that was used in the Old Testament for the coming Messiah, for the coming Savior. So what is Jesus saying here? I believe this. They that overcome, I will give them myself. That, that's absolutely huge because you see the third promise says that we will know the blessings of Jesus, but this promise says that we will actually know Jesus. Listen, church, that day is coming when we will see with our eyes and oh, what a day it's going to be. It's a day when our faith will finally be made sight. It's a day when we will see our righteousness. It's a day when we're going to see the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. It's a day where we will see the perfect lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. It's a day where we will see the victory of the grave. It's a day where we will see Jesus and I am his and he is mine. What a promise. Praise God. What a promise. We will know Jesus. The fifth promise that we see here comes from Revelation chapter 3 in verse 5. And again, Jesus is speaking here to John. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. And I will not erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. This promise says that we're going to be clothed 
in white. You know what this means? This is the celebration of purity. The celebration of purity, which means no more sin. Thank God. No more sin. And Jesus is saying that I am literally going to put my garments upon you and you will be just like me. We will stand in the righteousness. We will stand in the purity of Jesus Christ. I cannot wait for that. And then he says that I will never erase their name in the book of life. This right here represents everlasting peace. Because our names will not be blotted out. So therefore, no more fear, no more shame. You see, this is not a threat that he will erase your name, but it is a promise that he won't erase your name. Praise God for that. You see, so many Christians today, we walk around in this life thinking that we've messed up, thinking that we've sinned too much and that God's going to punish us, that God's going to forget us. But Jesus says, no, your name is written down forever. It will not be blotted out. And because of that, at the end he says, I will announce you in front of my God and his angels that they are mine. This is absolutely amazing, and this is why it's, this is amazing, because this is fulfillment of Scripture. Jesus keeps his word. In Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus says that everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Church, listen, don't cower down. Don't stop sharing the gospel. Yes, it may be hard to live for Jesus in our day, but hold fast because Jesus will announce you in front of the Father and his angels. Think about that. I mean, really, try to wrap your mind around that. What an amazing thing. When Jesus says, my Father, let me introduce to you Jason Ellerbush. My Father, let me introduce to you Jace Hockaday. My father, let me introduce to you Laura Lolly. Think about this. My father, let me introduce to you Rochelle Moss. Think about that. God knows you because Jesus is announcing you to the Father, and you belong to Jesus. What a promise we see there. The sixth promise we see comes from Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Jesus says here, And all who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of God. And they will never leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be the citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my name. The temple in Scripture has always represented God's eternal dwelling place. This is the place where God dwells for all of eternity, meaning that we will eternally be in the presence of God Almighty. We will always be in his presence. And it says that we will become pillars. And you see, these pillars that we will become, they represent honor. God will literally hold us up in honor. Now listen, it's not because of us. It's not about what we can do or what we have done. No, it's only because of what Jesus has done in our lives, because of who Jesus is. That's why we are held up in honor. And it says that there, he will write on us the name of God, which means that we will be of God's possession for all of eternity. And then also we will get to live in this new city, 
the city that comes down from God, the new Jerusalem. This here is the city of God. Think about that. Streets of gold. The glassy sea. A city that's free of sin and suffering. A city where death will never enter. A city where there's no more darkness because the Lamb of God is the light. A city where we will be citizens. Listen, people, don't get attached to this world because this is not our home. No, the new Jerusalem, the city of God, that is our home. Don't get attached to this world. And then he says on here that I will also write on them my new name, Jesus' new name which means that we will finally behold Jesus in all of his glory. We will know the fullness of Jesus Christ. You see right now as we're here on this earth, we don't know, we don't know everything about God. Our minds, our bodies, we have been so tainted with sin that we cannot comprehend the fullness of God. We know, yes, that he loves us. We know, yes, that he cares for us. We know, yes, that he is an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent God. Yes, we know this about him. But we cannot see the fullness of God because our minds are perishable. But when we see him, we will know him and we will be just like him. And the seventh and the final promise here comes from Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. This is what this says. Jesus speaks again to John. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. To sit on Jesus' throne is to share in Jesus' reign. We will get to participate in the king's reign. Now, this does not mean that we're God. This doesn't mean that we're the king. No, Jesus, he's God. Jesus is the king. But Jesus will allow us to share in his reign. So here's the promise. Though we are suffering today, though we are struggling today, though we're hurting today, though we're tired today, though death rules this day, if we share in his sufferings here on this earth, we will stand in his victory in heaven. Let me say that again. Though we suffer today, though we struggle today, though we're hurting today, though we're tired today, though death rules this day, if we share his sufferings here on this earth, we will stand in his victory in heaven. Victory is only only found through Jesus Christ. That not only will we share in his eternal reign, we will finally share in his eternal rest. See here when Jesus talks about after he was victorious and he sat down, after Jesus had lived his perfect life, after he was nailed to a cross and he died a criminal's death, he's buried in the ground. Three days later, he rose from the grave and, and later on he ascended into heaven. Jesus' work on earth was finally finished and he ascended into heaven and it says that he sat down. Now I want you to see this. There will be a day for us when our struggle will finally be over. There will be a day when we are finally finished with the work of God here on this earth. There will be a day when we no longer have to work in the master's field and we're going to take up that bag of seed and we're going to hand it right back to the master. There will be a day when it's over and we will sit down and share in the king's eternal rest. So just keep pressing on. Hold on to the truth. 
Now, I don't know about you, but it really did not take me long to realize that I want to be part of this, that I want to be one of these overcomers. I want to be victorious. So the question is, who is it that overcomes? Who is it that is victorious? Book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 5. Listen to what this says. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Is it really that simple? I mean, really, is it that simple? Is it that easy? That who is it that overcomes? Only the one that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, it is that simple. Listen, we don't overcome by our own work. We only overcome by Jesus' finished work at Calvary. We don't overcome by our own strength, our own abilities, our own intellect. No, we overcome by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, but for those of us who stand ruined in our sin and crushed by our shame, the Son of God says to us, look, here is life, no more death. Look, here is health, no more sickness. Look, here is salvation, no more wrath for your sin. Look, here is forgiveness, no more stain of sin. Look, here is righteousness, not of your own, but my own blood shed over you. Look, here is restoration. It is finished, and the Savior stands. Who is it that overcomes this world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It is only by belief in Jesus. So I ask you today, is that your case? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you really trust that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came down to this earth, that he died on the cross to save you, that he was buried, and then proving to everyone that he is God by rising from the dead? And one day we are waiting his return. He is coming for his church. Do you believe in Jesus? I don't know your heart. I don't know what's going on in your mind. But God does. You see, the Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory. That's God's standard. That's God's perfection. We don't measure up. And because we have sinned, a penalty of death needed to be paid. And thank God... He knew that we could not do that because we are fallible. We are people who are corrupt. We could not pay this penalty for the entire world. Romans 5, 8, one of the greatest verses in all the New Testament, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. So while yet I was still spitting in the face of God, while I was still disobedient to God, while I did my own thing, Jesus still died for me. Jesus still died for you. And the Bible's very simple in Romans 10, 9. says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to ask Philip if he'll come up here. And this morning, I want to extend to you, if you're here today and you've never put your belief in Jesus, that he can save you, knowing that he loves you, Know this today, he can save you. He loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've ever said about him, no matter the cruelest things you've ever done in your past, God still loves you. God can still save you. I'm going to pray real quick, and Philip's going to lead us in a song. 
And maybe you're here today and maybe you want to put your faith in Jesus. I would encourage you to do so today. We're going to open up these steps and, and I'm available if you need to talk with me. Andy Bob will be available. Kenny will be available. If you need to find someone, I would encourage you to find someone today. Because we are not promised the next five minutes. We are not promised tomorrow. The greatest decision that you could ever make in your life is to put your faith in the Son of God to believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to open up this, these steps as an altar this morning. And I'm going to ask God that he would just have his way amongst us. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you so much that you care for us. God, that you love us. God, no matter what we've done in our past, no matter what we're doing right now, no matter what we do in the future, God, your love, your grace is still there for us to forgive us, to renew us, to make us a brand new creation. Heavenly Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room today that has never believed in Jesus, God, I pray that today would be that day. God, I pray that you would change eternities today. And God, maybe there's people here today that maybe they, they've just, they are Christians and they've just gotten off, they're on the wrong track. Maybe, I don't know. Lord, I just pray that you would just help them just to repent, just to be right with you. And God, that you would just help us, Lord, to do our best to live for you. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for all that you've done. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Again, we're just going to open this up as a time of invitation. If the Lord is leading you this morning, if you feel him speaking to you, find someone. Let's take care of that.